Priest means I have horizontal relationship with purpose. I know who I am to men. Any man taken from among men to be made an high priest over men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God. I'm not a priest for God. No, I'm a king for him because of my relationship. I'm a priest for the people that God gives to me in my world. That is the geometry of the cross. That's the vertical and the horizontal of the kingdom. Did you get that? <clears throat> so, in that, I'm looking at these It's running out of our ears. I'm sorry. It's too much, isn't it? I don't want to waste this. Maybe I should wait and do some more tonight. But I just really want to connect as much as I can here. Okay, Ruthie, I said that they believed it, that they were peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priest. What they did not get was why they were that. I'm going to do that again. They got who they were. They didn't get why they were. Because the original promise back over to my buddy over here was in thee and in thy seed shall all nations, plural, of the earth. So the whole promise and covenant was for the whole nations of the world. But they, being a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, did not understand that their choosing was for the world. They thought that God's favor on them was for them as a nation alone. They didn't care about the other nations. As a matter of fact, God from time to time helped them kill all the other nations. So it never passed on. Am I, am I making any sense? It never passed on that they were chosen as God's vehicle, his, his appropriate plan that through them and their seed, they would reach the next. That's the reason why he took them into Egypt. They thought God was mad at them. And see, that's why somebody better teach us the difference in the, in the works of God and the ways of God. Because if you don't understand the ways of God, you will always misunderstand the works of God. Because if all you see, he showed his ways unto Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. And the acts to the children of Israel put them into bondage, gave them a Pharaoh, whipped them, tormented them, killed their baby boys, caused them to build pyramids. That was the works. Say, who did that? God did that. You blamed it on the devil. You have always thought that God is in a great war with Satan. Did you really think that Satan could be a, a worthy adversary to a sovereign God like ours? I mean, did you, did you really? How dumb are we to think that a created fallen angel has any authority over the God who made him? Ridiculous. And you spend your time fighting a shadow that doesn't exist. He's already a satara. He's already a defeated foe, and you only let him live when you think about him. That's because you have never torn the veil of your mind. And the shadow of his damnation. Play 
engraved on the wall of your mind and is imaged on the thoughts of your heart. And if you tear the veil away, you never will see him again. You will only become what you behold. We with open face beholding as in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah! Who can be against you? Tell me, David, who can be against you? If God be for me, somebody help me here. Your enemy is between your ears. That's right. It's the veil of your mind. Sit. Oh, it'd be easy for me right now to just say, oh, glory to God. And now we're going to dismiss because everybody, every preacher wants to end on that big high note. No, I want to kill you dead before I leave you. I want to kill this down to where you... Go out thinking, what the heck did he say? Oh my God, what did he mean by that? What's up? Yeah, that's kind of cross in the middle. Pretty good. We'd be the guard at the tomb of the church. Not the church, not the ecclesia, not the called out ones, because the called out ones are now being called out of the system of the church. It's the system God hates. And the system is that you have to get everybody into your system because only the system is a peculiar people. Only the system is God's chosen people. Only the, only the Christians, the, the folks that we, we, we are the only ones saved. And everybody else is going to hell. Because that's what Israel began to think. They forgot that they were chosen by God and put through everything they went through. He took them down. You say, well, why'd they have to go into Egypt? He took them down 70 souls, but he brought them out a mighty nation. They could never have conquered the land as a family. They had to become a nation. But look what he did to bring that to pass. That were... That was his acts. And that's all they saw were his acts. But they didn't understand his ways. They understood not his ways, nor did they perceive his acts. Because he showed Moses his ways. But his acts, that's all the children of Israel saw. Well, the activities of the manifestation. That's why you fight the devil. That's why you go through all kinds of things. That's why you feel like you're being left. That's why you feel like God doesn't care anymore. That's why you feel all this stuff. Because all you know are the acts of God. Because God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. God is causing you to go through all these plagues. God is leading you <clears throat> around a mountain. God is causing your children to rebel. God is allowing your husband to be mean. God is allowing your wife to not listen. God is allowing all this stuff to happen because what he's really trying to do is purge, not him. You say, I'm, I hope God deals with him. I hope God deals with you. What you've got to understand is this is not about the thing that you see oppressing you. It's really oppressing you only so you look at yourself and say, I need to find God's purpose for my life. The problem is if you don't find your purpose, she can never find hers. If she doesn't find
find hers. You will never find yours. The whole issue is quit trying to find God in everything else and see if you can't find his purpose in you. If you do that, then you will not have to seek happiness. Happiness will seek you. You don't have to find joy. Joy has just found you. You don't have to look for peace. Peace just searched you out. If you can find out who you are, and that's what the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist were supposed to help you do. And Israel eventually became convinced that they out of all the nations of the world were God's favorite, his choice. They were right. God chose them. They were wrong in thinking that the choice was for them alone. The church is right that you're a chosen generation. The church is correct that you are a royal priesthood. The church is absolutely on target saying that you are God's chosen people, the ecclesia. You are wrong to think that you are the only ones to make it. You have sinned the sin of Israel. You did not learn by their mistake. Even the Holy Ghost didn't help them. Oh no, no, the, no. Because they can, see, let me tell you what God does from age to age. I'm sorry, I'm doing my best here, okay? Let me tell you what God does from age to age. When he shuts off the window on one age and he opens the window on the next age, he always takes the seed and the remnant of the past age. Those who have come out or through that age and have successfully matured a dignified seed. When that happens, he takes that into the next harvest and that becomes the seed of that harvest and when that eventually plays itself out he takes it God always leaves himself a remnant and he takes the seed from that and he, that's why right now all God is interested in the church right now is taking the undefiled seed of the church as we knew it out of the system out of the out, way, out of the out of the system and now he's going to put over here and say, now is the set time. And I'm taking my favor. And I'm shining over here on Zion. It's the kingdom now. I'm going to spotlight. Well, the church is important. Oh, yeah, but the church should have understood her place. The church should understand what she is. The church is not the harvest. The church is the first fruits. We don't teach that. We don't preach that. We don't act that way. Yes, no, no. We're trying to gather everybody out of the world. Get them in the church. Get them in. We've got to get everybody saved. Get them in the church. Get them in the church. Well, fine. What are you going to do with them when you get them in the church? Well, we're going to clean them up, dress them up, get some stuff off of them, get some stuff on them, and collect their tithe. And we're going to tell them that Jesus is coming to rescue them out of this nasty old world. And they'd better be faithful. And that's why they need to be in Wednesday night Bible study. And that's why they need to be in church every Sunday. Well, I agree with that. Nothing wrong with going to Bible study. Nothing wrong with being in church every Sunday. I think we need to gather together the saints, but to do that to tell them so they can stay saved? Are you kidding me? With a Holy Ghost so powerful that it alters your mind, your heart, your spirit, your, your, and, you've got to, and you've got to think that I can't stay saved? That's why we get testimonies like, oh, the devil has just been tormenting me all week long, but praise his holy name. I'm so glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I thought that 
I probably couldn't make it another day, but when I, when I walked into the house of the Lord, I'm going to tell you my whole, whoo, glory to God. Honey, I hate to tell you, but you're a cracked cistern. You'll be dry by the time you get home. We've got to fill you back up next week. That's why you got to be in church every week because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're there for. You think the church is a filling station and a hospital for crippled saints. Never dawned on you that it's an educational system for prospective kingdom powerful people. And so I promise I'll quit here in just a minute or two or five or something. I'm closing, and that helps just for that thought to pass through your mind, even though there's very little evidence of it. It just gives you comfort, lets you shift in your chair one more time, change to the other side a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm closing. It means absolutely nothing. So Israel, watch this. Here comes this seed out of, God hadn't even talked to Israel for 400 years. He hadn't even sent them a prophet for 400 years. God's, no. Here comes John the Baptist. Next thing you know, we get a Jesus. Death, burial, resurrection, and this glorious Pentecost. Woo, the church is born. Yippee. Look at the power, the authority. Glory to God. Simon Peter, 40 days ago, he was a liar a denier, I never saw the man in my life. Oh, no, it wasn't me. No, no, uh-uh, uh 40 days later, boy, I wish we could get our preachers back in 40 days. We put them on trial for 40 years. Forty days later, he's proclaiming the kingdom. He's the keynote preacher at the great conference called Pentecost. And here he is saying, our fathers this and that, and both Lord and Christ, this same Jesus, oh my, my, my. They cry, men and brother, this is that. Spoken by Papa repent and be baptized, every one of you. Oh my, what a message. Oh my God, what a man of God. Yeah, and look at all these nations gathered here. That's what we're for. No, 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 you made a mistake. These are Jews out of every nation under heaven. These weren't the nations. These were Jews. You say, well, that's why they talked in tongues because they had all these nations there. No, they're Jews. They all speak Hebrew. I hate to hurt your feelings, but they all had a common original language. They didn't need to speak in tongues so they could understand what... No, this was a glorious manifestation of the returning from that which Babel destroyed. Babel confused the languages the Holy Ghost brought back a common language of the Spirit where you can speak and not understand and God knows exactly what you're saying and search the deep things of God and bring to pass his manifest purposes. That didn't cost you anything right there. It was all free. That last little line was free. That paragraph comes to you at no charge whatsoever. <clears throat> and here they are speaking in other tongues. These people all, wow. But they're all Jews. Let's all say they're all Jews. See, they're all Israelites because you understand you did not want to be born a Philistine. God forbid you should have been born an Assyrian. Oh, no, for God's sake, I hope you were not a Midianite. <laughs> and yet we've got Jethro. He was a priest of God from Midian. 
wonder how that happened. Because we forgot that God had made a covenant with the Canaanites before he ever made a covenant with Abraham. See, we don't read the Bible very much. That's one reason why they had to go down into captivity. Because the Bible said the cup of the Amorites was not yet full, the iniquity of the Amorites. God had already made a covenant with them and could only take the land back away from them when they had fulfilled that cup of iniquity. And so he gave it to Abraham before he ever could get the quick claim deed from them because they had to fulfill their iniquity in the land before he could give it away to Abraham. So he gave it to Abraham when Abraham couldn't really possess it. So he had to take his seed down there for 400 years so they'd come back later and get what God promised them. That didn't cost anything either. So I told you I'd get this thing down where we could handle it. Okay. And now... Simon Peter gets a vision. Here comes a sheet down. All kinds of stuff in there. Pigs, cat, everything I love. Bacon, catfish, everything. Everything that's worth frying and eating was in that bag. Yes, sir. Lobster. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Fried soft-shelled crab. Oh, man. All this stuff comes floating down here. And the, God says, rise, Peter. Slay and eat. He said, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> because where you've been shining your light and shining your focus for all this time, back here on Israel and on the law, you know I can't eat that stuff. You done told us not to eat that. <laughs> no, I, nothing like that's ever entered my mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hiya. Now he goes back to sleep. Here it comes again. Full of rise, Peter Slanny. I told you. Oh, yeah. mm, 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 mm. Get thee behind me, Satan, you dirty devil, you always tempting me. Comes down the third time. Finally, God said, Get up, rise. There's some men down here at your gate. You go down there. And you go with them and don't doubt anything. You think I'm talking to you about eating catfish? I'm talking about my kingdom. I didn't call you just to be a Jew. See, the system is Jewish. The covenant is Abraham. And so we still to this day think that the country, the nation, the nationality is holy. Simply because God chose them as a people, not for them alone. You didn't want to be a Philistine because you'd be cooking in hell right now because you're born in the wrong nationality. Just like being God loves only Mexico. And so since God loves Mexico, God forbid that you were born in Italy because all Italians are in their ovens cooking in hell with their pizzas. Because they ain't got a chance because they're not God's chosen people because you are God's chosen people. That means that every other nation in the world, in their mind, every other nation in the world is lost. This is the mentality of the church. Everybody's lost but us. Because we are the only ones saved. Because we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We learn nothing from Israel. Nothing. The reason why there was an election and a calling it was not election and calling of the whole world. It was an election and a calling of a first seed. 
of a first fruit. What for? That you might show forth the praises of him that brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It was the mystery hid from ages that Paul finally said that the Gentiles would be partakers with us of the grace of God. When Simon Peter gets down, here he goes with his Jewish brethren, his contingency. He had his praise leader with him, had two of his elders, his youth pastor, and they finally get down here to Cornelius' house. And when they get down to Cornelius' house, he walks in, he says, hi. Uh, well, praise God. We've come down for a special, God directed us to come down. We feel like we need to have a special revival meeting down here. He said, uh, are they Jews here? Because we can't be preaching to no Italians. No, no, no. They don't have any right to life whatsoever. Because they're born in the wrong nation. Because we are his chosen people. We're, we're the royal people. We're his peculiar treasure in the earth. Hallelujah. God chose us. Praise. Glory to God. Praise his holy name. Mm, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, Peter looks around a little bit and he says, well, I was just praying the other day. An angel came down and told me to send up there to Joppa. Said you were sent up there. Somebody that tans hides up there. And I'd find you up there somewhere. Said my men went up there and they found you, brought you down. But this God of yours told me that you would tell me what to do. Well, <laughs> could I see your passport? <laughs> Need to check your nationality. <clears throat> Because you see, God only has a chosen people, and that would be the Jewish people. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no, no. Peter looked around. He had enough Holy Ghost left on him. See, even Pentecost didn't change his mind. He finally says, well, <clears throat> I perceive. Boy, it's just like bitter root coming out of his mouth. I perceive. That God is no respecter of persons. <laughs> but in every nation, boy, it almost takes a pair of dental pliers to get that out of his mouth. I perceive, but in every nation, he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard them. But this is the part I want you to watch. The song leader, the praise leader, the two elders, and the youth pastor, they're called the circumcision, the Jews, as many as came with Peter. Uh, uh, they were astonished that on the Gentiles also was poured out. This is our problem. The church never knew who it was. You thought it was it. And you were chosen to get in it and then God was going to snatch it out of the world and leave the rest of this horror scene down here. Never dawned on you that he saved you for his world. That you were the first fruits of a greater harvest. That the church is only chosen and elected to be the first fruits of those who would believe that you would actually be the vehicle through which God in his kingdom, you would bring the word of reconciliation to his whole wide world. But then on the other hand, you don't want the world to be saved because that would kill our doctrine because we live on the fearful doctrine that so many people, as a matter of fact, most of them need to go to hell. They need to or our message of the church falls short. It falls short because we only can win men by fear. Because if you can't tell them if they're not saved, you could spend eternity without God. You'll be lost forever.
And we forgot that if you win them by fear, you have to keep them by fear. If you labor to get them, you've got to labor to keep them. And it never dawned on us. The government of the kingdom is not fear but love. And that's why churches, in order to get respect, they have to operate with control. Fear operates control. Love operates authority. Authority and control seek the same thing and need the same goal. They operate by two different spirits. Control operates by fear. Authority operates by love. We have operated the church by fear. We've caused people to believe that if they don't become part of the chosen generation, that they're going to be lost. And it never dawned on us that the world is going to be lost because they stopped going there and came here. That we gathered them rather than sent them. Does that make any sense to you? Now, what are we going to do? We're going to quit here in five minutes or three, maybe four, maybe ten. You know, it's just kind of varied. It was back and forth. I look at my watch. Maybe it'll stop again. It stopped. No, it's still ticking. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. The focus. God's set. Say God's set time. And so what God is doing now is he's focusing everything toward his kingdom, his ultimate purpose. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shine. So God is focusing his attention over here. You say, well, the church is not important. Oh, no, the church is important. But God's focus on his kingdom over here is going to require that you adjust over here what the church is and how it operates. Because you now know if God puts his sunlight on the kingdom over here, you find out that in order to get there, you have to be birthed through a veil. And the veil is your mind. You say, how do you know that? Well, it's just very, very simple. And it's this simple. And that is that the Bible says the gates of hell. Do you recall? Upon this rock I will build my... Help me now. Come on. We're in the great finale. Come on. <laughs> Upon this rock I will build my and the gates of that's not hell fire, saints. The gates of hell are the gates of death. In the Old Testament be Sheol. In the New Testament it's Hades. It has nothing to do with fire. It's the place of death. It's the place of the dead. It's the grave. The gates of Death cannot prevail against the church. What does that mean? Well, what it truly means is this. That in order for you to get through the veil, you have to get through the gates of hell. In order to get to the kingdom, you have to go through the gates of hell. How are we going to do that? Now let's go back and look at the church. Upon this rock I will build my... Oh! And, and those gates that keep me from the kingdom, this thing that bars me from my eternal purpose, this thing that keeps me from understanding who I am and why I was born, that veil that keeps me from that hasn't got a chance now. You know why? Because I am ecclesia. I am in his triumphant church, his blood-washed, holy ghost-bought, paid-for church. Hallelujah. 
What does that mean? That means that by the time I get up to the veil, I've got a holy consecrated education. I know who I am. I know why I was born. And I know what I'm about to do in the kingdom. Now I've been equipped to do it. What are you going to do? I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lay down my head. I'm putting this suitcase under this golden altar. And I'm going to step through the hymen. I'm going to be birthed through the veil. I'm because church gave me keys. The reason the gates can't stop me is because I got keys. And keys unlock gates. Where'd you get them? In church. What are they going to do? Unlock the gates of death in my mind. Teach me. It's not about me. Show me that it's not just my life, but his life. Come on, get up on your feet just a little bit. I thought you'd be up before now. Teach me that this is not what I want to do. It's who I was born to be and what he called me to be. Teach me that my happiest moment is when I am in his purpose, not doing, seeing God can bless me doing what I want, but see if I can bless God by doing what he wants. If I ever find that key, and then all of a sudden, see, because the thing that took them out of the garden that put a wall between Adam and Eve, do you remember what it was? The tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. Ah, it was the human carnal mind to separate them from the presence of God. And the only thing that lets me back in is when I can rip the veil. When he died, the veil was rent. When I die, I get a different mind. I get a different understanding. The veil is rent. The veil is between your ears. It's the human mind. It's the carnal man. That's why we have water baptism, so you can bury him. That's why we have spiritual baptism, so you can get a, you can be regenerated, regene already. You get a new gene system. Because your old genes are in Adam. If you bury that old guy, you can get a regene system, regenerated. And that's why you take on a whole new identity because you're in a whole new family. Now, you are not just part of an ecclesia called the church itself, but now you have become a prospect for a kingdom purposer for the whole wide world. God so loved that he gave the church to win it. Okay. Love y'all. Oh, come on. Let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm going to show you how to close the service. You ready for this? Here's how you close the service. What time do we have church tonight? 7 o'clock. See you then. Bye.